How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. All right. Thank you for tuning in to Chopping of the Bit. This is episode number 78. I am Kyle Edwards, of course. And last episode, we talked about Patrick Mahomes. Remember, got to call him Patrick Mahomes, not Pat Mahomes. Otherwise, his mom will be mad at you. But Patrick Mahomes and kind of his dominance over the young quarterbacks of the league today. And I did a top 10 ranking of the young quarterbacks today. So you can definitely check that out after this episode. I will say number two may surprise you, but, you know, check that out after this one. So in this episode, I want to take a look at Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Kind of want to take a look at his journey to this point. Maybe do some legacy talk and maybe talk about some of his contemporaries that, you know, they have pitted him against throughout his career um, and how he's kind of met those challenges and exceeded those challenges as well. Mainly this episode is going to be so for the Patriot lovers like myself and those who watch Brady the past 20 years, I'm probably going to say a lot of stuff that you have been dealing with when you're talking to your friends who aren't Patriot fans and you feel like you're always having to defend him I'm going to help you out on this episode then for the other crowd the ones that doubt and hate on Brady this episode is going to be I guess me trying to enlighten you as to what you've been missing the past 20 years so you know, hopefully you enjoy it You know, stick through it I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, yep. I mean, for the haters and stuff, maybe you learn something different. Maybe just hearing it from me makes you realize how you've been coming across to me and the rest of my Patriot people. So with that, let's go ahead and get it started. So we all know Brady's origin story, quarterback out of Michigan, wasn't even the star in Michigan. Uh, the coach there actually had him splitting time with Drew Henson. We all remember Drew Henson, that great quarterback who was with the Cowboys for a couple of years and then we never heard from never heard from him again. I think he went and tried baseball cuz he was like a two-sport athlete in Michigan. Didn't really do anything there either and now I don't know where he is. So just imagine a guy who, going down, greatest quarterback of all time, couldn't even star at his own college. But I do think, I will say this, um, I think 
that situation in Michigan kind of made him the player that he was in the NFL. I mean, anytime you heard Brady talk, he always spoke about, you know, being drafted in the sixth round. I mean, you remember the ESPN documentary where he you know, ran off the names of the quarterbacks who were drafted ahead of him. So he always kept that in the back of his mind. And because of that, he always thought he had to, you know, kind of work harder to make his way in the league. I do think there's something to that. And because of that, you know, he, the whole TB12 method, which is all about him making sure his body is prepared, not just today, but like, I think he like plans his stuff out like two years down the line or something, some crazy thing like that. I'm not crazy, but you know, that's that's kind of the stuff you have to do to be at an elite level. So, um, but yeah, so with Brady, we also remember he, which I think kind of fed into some of the hate early on. He doesn't strike you as, you know, elite talent. I mean, we saw him at the combine. He just looked like just a regular guy. You know? Just your average guy. And, you know, they always look at guys like Aaron Rodgers with his physical gifts of, you know, scrambling, strong arm, all that kind of stuff. And his the way that he improvises out there, you know, that plays more to the media. Um, or you look at Peyton Manning. You know, Peyton Manning had that Manning name and you know, Archie Manning came before him, so you know, he was like a legacy and all this kind of stuff. Even though, funny thing is, for all the love the Mannings get, I mean, Archie Manning played on some terrible teams. I believe he was on the what Saints, which I mean, back then the Saints are terrible, so whatever. But yeah, but you have Archie Manning, Eli Manning. I mean, what what is there to say about Eli Manning? He's, I mean, he's probably, he's benefited definitely the most out of that Manning name. I mean, I don't want to get too far down the line on that one, but uh, I'll talk a little more about Eli in another episode uh, where I probably talk about Hall of Fame type stuff since Eli is out of the league now. But, you know, and then Peyton, who I guess definitely did come in with a lot of pressure. I mean, he was a number one pick and and ultimately he probably became Brady's biggest rival for most of his time in New England so but you know you see where I'm going here you know Drew Brees is another guy went through the same era and Brees did have the fact that when he was with the Chargers he had a really bad shoulder injury people didn't even know how long of a career he might have well I mean, Breeze lasted years well past that. And it's now at the point where it looks like he might retire. You know, quick side note. I think there was a story today that Breeze is looking to, like, lower his cap number, which I guess is a sign of him retiring or something. I guess since he's retiring before the end of his contract, he would still be on the Saints books or something. I don't know. I believe that's the story. Don't hold me to it on that one. But yeah. And then 
it wasn't just guys of today or guys that you know Brady really went up against all that much. I guess another name thrown is Big Ben Roethlisberger. He was another rival to Brady with the Steelers. Steelers Patriots became a good rivalry, as well as Patriots Colts did, and yeah. But then they, if those players didn't really pan out, they would always compare Brady to, you know, your Montanas and your Elways as guys who had relative success in the league, uh, were guys who definitely at times you could say were the best at their position at certain points of their career. So even though Brady came in to the league with not a lot of fanfare and pressure and all that, as he started winning early on in New England, that pressure started coming in from the outside and because of that led to a lot of haters developing and I mean you know, we so speaking to my Patriot fans out there we all know what they always come with when they talk about Brady they always say he's a system quarterback Belichick made him all this kind of stuff um he always had these great players around him, great offensive lines. Um, yeah, Belichick always did well with depth of the roster. And, you know, they won like the first couple of Super Bowls when Brady was just a dink and dunk quarterback, blah, 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 whatever. I mean, sure, early on. You know, Belichick and them did bring him on slowly. But that was just great development on their part. I mean, how many quarterbacks taken in the sixth round were most quarterbacks taken in the sixth round you never hear from again? But they're taken in the sixth round. They get thrown into the fire early on because the incumbent quarterback has a horrific injury. You know, he... You know, Bledsoe took that hit on the sideline. Uh, I believe he what punctured a lung and all this kind of stuff. Rushed to the hospital, that kind of stuff. Brady goes in there, and with Brady's calm demeanor, you know the the lights weren't too bright for him. He was able to, you know, methodically put drives together and all that. So, I mean, dink and dunk, whatever. Which, if you look at it now, there's a lot of quarterbacks who do the short passing game. And if you're, I mean, if you can be successful that way, hey, that's how you do it. But Brady did evolve over his career where, I mean, he was never, I guess, the best downfield passer in the league. But he definitely had a strong enough arm to get the ball downfield. We saw that kind of in the Moss years where when Moss was out in the field Moss only had one thing on his mind going deep and Brady and Moss had maybe the greatest quarterback wide receiver tandem year ever when uh, what Brady broke the touchdown record and I think Moss set the wide receiver uh, touchdown pass catch record so, 
as Brady started maturing, his skills got better, and he became more of a leader on offense. So the whole dink and dunk thing, that slowly went away. The product of the system, now, that's kind of stuck with him all this time because as Brady was developing into a great quarterback, Belichick was becoming highly regarding in the coaching ranks as well. Because we know Belichick from his days with the Giants where he worked with Parcells and you know, had some success there. But then he went to Cleveland, was a head coach there, and was kind of middle of the road. So, you know, he he was just kind of in the mix in terms of guys around the league and, you know, how teams viewed him. Then there was that day where he took the Jets coaching job and then left the Jets coaching job in the same week, I think within a couple of days, so he could take the Patriots job. And he was in a tough situation because he was the guy following the great Bill Parcells and who later would become the great Pete Carroll. So I think that did work for Brady as well. Belichick and Brady were both coaches with chips on their shoulder. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This episode is made possible by PwC. When you put the right tech in the hands of the right people, good things happen. It powers change. It accelerates innovation. It keeps you a step ahead. Our community of solvers brings the right tech to drive real results. It all adds up to the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Something to prove, and they became, you know, the the spearheads for the Patriot Dynasty. So, product of the system is something that kind of stays with him. He never could really shake that off until, I guess, well this this present year where he left, went to Tampa Bay. But then it was always well. Well, once, what, Deflategate and all that crap, Spygate, whatever you want to call it, it was always, well, he only wins in New England because New England cheats, which, Patriot fans, I know, it's a sore subject for us. Even though we spin facts to people, nobody wants to listen to us. So, you know what? I'm going to relive it. Let's go ahead. Spygate and Deflategate. Two of the most overblown stories in NFL history. I said it. I'm standing by it. Spygate. What was the real charge there? Oh, well, they were filming team practices, blah, 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 whatever. You know how many coaches came out and said they did the same thing, but it was like the media never cared about it. All it was was, hey, the Patriots are involved. Let's kick them down, make it seem like they're the only ones doing it. 
Now, yes, um, I guess New England did it from the wrong spot in the stadium, but it was a common practice with all teams. Most teams, I think, put a guy up in the box to do it because we heard from coaches like Jimmy Johnson, you know, that coach from the cowboy days. He said he did it. Bill Cowher said he did it. Um, oh, there's another. It was like Dick Vermeil or something. They all came out and said that was common practice in the NFL. But nobody cared about that. They blew it up into this like threat level red type story that, oh, should tarnish the whole New England Patriots system and all this kind of stuff. Whatever. Like I said, everybody was doing it. it didn't, I didn't sweat it because it was stupid. Which I mean, it was literally, you know, taping a play and then like showing the down and distance to kind of build tape on tendencies of a team. Not that big of a deal. Then it was Deflategate, which like you don't know how many you know, headaches have been caused trying to explain Deflategate to people who hate. Literally all Deflategate was, which all you need to know is the league couldn't even prove anything in Deflategate because they had a the official who was there and weighing the balls or whatever. He had like two different gauges. He didn't even know which gauge he used. He didn't know what numbers he got. He didn't write them down or anything. All he knew was that the Patriot balls were in were deflated. So that's the first part. Second part, the story that gets lost in the shuffle, the Colts who they played that game, the Colts had balls that were deflated as well. Nobody cared about that at all. And that was kind of more fed into by Chris Mortensen from ESPN with his tweet, which he prematurely put out there for everybody. Everybody ran with it. And from that point, the story kind of took on a whole other role, whatever. But if you think back to it, you know, the league has like a minimum and maximum pressure for the footballs that you can use. I mean, for those of us who've been to science class, if you have a football, so let's say, you know, because Brady did say he likes his to be inflated on the lower side, naturally in the cold weather, which that was in like January in the playoffs. Some air will, you know, be released due to the cold weather. So the ball may have been a little low. Whatever. Part of that story that gets completely thrown away. Years before that, the Minnesota Vikings were caught during a live broadcast. Taking air and... Uh, I think they were taking them out of the footballs right there on the sideline. Nobody cared. I think they had like a little fine or something. Okay. Aaron Rodgers came out and said he likes his ball to be overinflated above the level. Nobody cared. Once again, Brady's name, Patriots, Belichick, attached to the story, blew it all out of proportion. So... 
And that's something that I guess to the haters out there, they'll never be able to live down. But despite that, when the balls are then regular in the Super Bowl against Seattle, Brady had one of his best performances in the Super Bowl. Nobody cared at that point either. So whatever. So I guess another knock on Brady is I guess with like his you know TB12 he endorses um was like endorsed Aston Martin and stuff like that. A lot of guys hate on him because he doesn't seem like a like a guy that you like you know you would sit at a bar with and just chill. I've I did I've heard this from people. Not saying a lot of you have heard it, but I've heard it from people that they don't like him because of that. That's why they prefer Peyton Manning, which I will give Manning credit. When he hosted Saturday Night Live, he was hilarious. He was better at it than Brady. That's all I'll give Manning the edge on Brady at. Manning was hilarious on Saturday Night Live. If you haven't seen that, check that out on YouTube. You get a good laugh. But that's how they like uh uh, Manning Big Ben I mean Big Ben's a guy who I mean you sit him in a bar I don't know how he, if he's still like that but he looks like a guy who would probably you know, drink everybody under the table and Rogers I don't know because Rogers has his own things but it always seemed like Brady's career the more and more he accomplished, it was just the more of a reason to build somebody else up to try to knock him down. And I will blame a lot of that on well, ESPN's parade of people that they have working there. A lot of them are like New York Jet affiliated guys who are sore about, you know, what the Patriots did to them, you know, stopping them from winning with the thought could have been Super Bowls so they you know have like an axe to grind against them so you get a lot of hate there NFL Network you have Marshall Falk who I think Marshall Falk is still there but if you haven't heard some of Marshall Falk's takes on the Patriots over the past few years check that out because that dude right there I mean, he was on the 01 Rams team. That was the greatest show on turf. Was supposed to blow out the Patriots by like 17 points. And they ended up losing that game. And that's where the whole, oh, they taped our walkthrough the night before crap came from. And he has never let that go. So he takes whatever opportunity he has to just, you know, crap on anything the Patriots do. Um... You know, you have guys, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, NFL Network, you know, was on a lot of those teams with the Chargers where the Chargers always had a better record and New England would always go out there, beat them in the playoffs. And then, you know, their season was always a failure. There was that, that um, scene that everybody remembers where there was some game Patriots I think mounted a little comeback all while Tomlinson was just sitting on the sidelines with like a coat over his head and just looking 
like the saddest person in the world or whatever. So he never let that go. He likes to diminish New England's accomplishments a lot of the time. So with a lot of these people in the media doing it, where do you think, you know, the, all the people who watch those shows, that's all they see. So they start bo- believing in it. Then it was... Well, I do think a lot of the hate towards Brady is tied into hate towards Belichick. And the hate towards Belichick is all because, you know, Belichick doesn't use media sessions as ways to pump himself up or he doesn't give great sound bites. He's not the most entertaining interviewer and all that kind of stuff. And you, and if you doubt that there's hate on Belichick, just look at a lot of the coaches that media people loved. They loved Rex Ryan who accomplished nothing in his coaching career. Belichick basically put him out of the league. He sits on ESPN, hates on Belichick a lot of the time. I think he's kind of softened in his past couple of years, but early on at ESPN, he hated on New England all the time. Um, I'm trying to think who else is out there in the media. Jerome Bettis. When Jerome Bettis was on... I think he was on CBS. He hated on New England because of those years where he was in Pittsburgh and New England was their biggest obstacle to making the Super Bowl and they lost a lot of playoff games. So that's why he hates on them. So, like I said, a lot of the media stuff leads to a lot of the general public hating on Brady. Then another thing that kind of leads to the Brady hate they say, um, they say like Brady's a whiner. He's always whining at the refs for flags and all stuff. Brady's the reason why the game is so soft, and that's why you can't touch quarterbacks is because of Brady. Well, Patriot fans, if you hear that, you can straight up look that person in the eye and tell them that they're hating. One, the reason why you can't touch quarterbacks anymore was because of uh, Carson Palmer. And that was back years before when the Bengals were in a playoff game with the Steelers. And I can't remember who the Steelers player was because it wasn't like Polamalu or something. But anyway, Palmer dropped back, threw a pass, Steelers player dove at his knee, tore his knee up, Ultimately, the Steelers won that game. Carson Palmer's career kind of derailed a little bit after that. And because of that, the league said, we have these top quarterbacks who are driving the attention of the league. You know, when they're standing back there in the pocket, they're just a standing target for these bigger, faster defensive players to just dive at them. We can't put them on. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. All in jeopardy this way. So they put in the rule about you had to hit quarterbacks above the knee. Not because of Brady, because of Carson Palmer. But then somehow that got twisted in the media as that was the Brady rule because I think it was, I want to say the year after or like two years after that, the only year Brady really missed time in the league was the opening game. Drop back and oh, what's his name? Pollard, the safety Pollard, who you bring that name up to Patriot fans, you guys know. Pollard's not a popular guy to Patriot fans. I think he was with the Chiefs then. They ran a flea flicker. And when it was, you know, option back to Brady, he threw it deep to Moss. He planted his leg. Pollard dove at his knee, blew up his knee. Brady missed the rest of that year. Matt Castle came in. And, you know, they still won 11 games, missed the playoffs, blah, 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 whatever. But that got more of the attention because Brady was a bigger name than Carson Palmer. Even though Carson Palmer was great at that time when he had his knee blown out, it started being attributed to the Tom Brady rule. So that's where a lot of hate comes from because they associate Brady with, oh, you can't touch quarterbacks now. The game isn't the same. Brady gets hate for that. Even though um, Peyton Manning gets a pass for the fact when he was early on in his career and he was in the same division with New England, couldn't win a game for his life, you know, was going like 1-15 rookie year was constantly like 6 and 10 or whatever for for a few years and then uh all, all of a sudden the NFL had realignment put the Colts in the AFC South division with um the expansion Jaguars expansion Titans after they moved from Houston and then like the expansion Texans after they well they just became a new team and Manning was killing it against them running up all kinds of records that guy well early in his career in the playoffs he couldn't handle the physicality of Patriot cornerbacks on his wide receivers he and Tony Dungy complained to the league about it they changed the rules so that cornerbacks could barely touch wide receivers coming off the line Manning's numbers took off that changed the way defenses have been playing which is why a lot of these quarterbacks now have inflated numbers and all this kind of stuff. But nobody gives Manning crap about that. I'm pretty sure to a lot of you, me telling you this now is probably the first time you've heard that. But that's actually what happened when it was a game in the snow in January for like a couple of years. And Manning was having like three, four interception games against New England because, you know, Ty Law, physical corner, was you know jamming Marvin Harrison off the line and Manning was just throwing pick after pick 
And of course, as I said before, Manning was the media darling because he had the Manning name and he was the highly regarded guy at a Tennessee. You know, he didn't win anything at Tennessee, but he came to the league as the, the next big thing, the sure shot. So the league was trying to prop him up, change the rules. He started winning all of a sudden. And so, yeah, no hate for Manning for that. But Brady gets all this hate off of stuff he ain't even do. So then some people hate on Brady because of Giselle. He has a supermodel wife. His wife makes way more money than he does. And I think to the common football fan in New York and Pittsburgh and all that stuff, you know, they wouldn't have a shot at a woman like Giselle. So they hated on Brady for it. Really no explanation there. You're going to hate for that. You're just going to hate. I can't really talk that one off the ledge. So have that one. But then I think the biggest hate has been he just won for too long. After 20 years of winning in and out. So basically in 20 year run, like I said, six Super Bowls, three other appearances. He was basically going to the Super Bowl on average every other year. So every other year, Tom Brady was in the national spotlight on Super Bowl Sunday. Of course, at that point, there's going to be a lot of hate. Why? So let's look at it. For the Peyton Manning fans, as great as Manning was, he won one Super Bowl with the Colts against probably the worst Super Bowl team of all time, that Bears team, which was built off of Devin Hester, you know, returning punts and kicks for touchdowns while the offense they just hoped could give to, you know, would just not turn the ball over. But it rained that Sunday and, you know, Hester was kind of minimized. And Vinatieri, was not, not was Vinatieri there at that point? Or Vanderjad, I think, was still there. Was basically the hero of that game because he had a bunch of clutch field goals in that game to win it for the Colts. But hey, Peyton Manning got all the praise for it because he's a Manning. Then he had the Super Bowl against the Saints where he threw that late uh, pick six in the fourth quarter, which helped the Saints win the game. Nobody mentions that with Manning. And then he went to Denver, got embarrassed one Super Bowl against the Seahawks, where like the opening snap, oh, snap, good Lord, the opening snap uh, went through his hands, safety led to a blowout. And then won a Super Bowl when that same defense went up against Carolina with Cam Newton and the defense did everything. At that point, Manning could barely throw the ball 15 yards downfield. But hey, it took all this time for Brady to finally be considered better than Manning. Like, you know, get out of here with that. So because of that, a lot of hate because Brady single-handedly kept Manning's storybook career down. Manning was supposed to be 
So, like, if ESPN and NFL had their way, Manning would have had the career Brady would have had, and they would have loved him for it. But Brady had that career. They hated him. So I get it. Then it was Aaron Rodgers, the most gifted quarterback. You know, had all the tools, all of this, all of that. You realize it. Aaron Rodgers has only been to the Super Bowl once, and that came early in his career. He's been to five NFC Championship games. Like I said, he's only won one of them. He's one in four. And yet, some guys are still making the argument that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback of today. So, as great as Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be, so where do the wins come in in this equation? I mean, I'll wait for the response on that one. So there's hate there because of that. Because Aaron Rodgers couldn't live up to the standard that Brady set. People hate on Brady. Montana, like I said, Montana went four for four. So to me, Montana's the clear number two quarterback of all time. So if any of you want to put like Manning there, that's disrespectful to both Brady and Montana. But I think for the guys who probably appreciated the game more then, because I yeah, I mean, I would say defensively was definitely more physical game then than now. So the fact of Montana getting four for four does hold high regard and it does to me because like I said Montana's number two all time but I think because Montana was seen as the clear number one and then this Brady guy well Montana was highly drafted at a Notre Dame which if you guys remember from a lot of my college coverage Notre Dame is the darling of the media so you know Montana did that and then for Brady like I said Six rounder out of Michigan with the type of body that he had. Nobody saw any of this coming. So they hated on him for outpacing Montana. Like I said before, and it wasn't a guy like Manning who did it. So Brady got hate for that. I mean, a lot of the other quarterbacks don't really factor in that much. I mean, Breeze is loved, but. I mean, Breeze has his limitations. Favre, Brett Favre was loved because he was just, I mean, he was a party animal. And he was a risk taker, which people loved. And Favre was a media darling as well. But Big Ben, I don't really know if Big Ben really factors much into it. Even though Big Ben had some success early. And for like the past 10 years or so, Big Ben has kind of been an afterthought. Yeah, I don't really know if Big Ben's too much of a factor in that. So, I mean, that's where a lot of the hate comes from. And then, I guess I'll kind of end it with this. The other part of the story that kind of frustrates me is a lot of these guys who hated on Brady all this time. Now that he's in Tampa for this Super Bowl... A lot of them all of a sudden love him. And to me, I guess the hypocrisy in it kind of goes over my head because it's like, 
it just makes them look dumber because they hated on him for 20 years. And then because he left New England, went to Tampa, which they've blown that story up like um, clearly Brady and Belichick, you know, the relationship there, which they've tried to analyze, you know, every which way you can think of. But I think it was, I think it was during Super Bowl week where Brady came out. He, you know, rated up his time with New England, said he's loved it there, and he just had to move on. So, for me, when I look at the situation, you know, I will always love Brady's time in New England, but I'm not like a lot of sports fans out here today, which I may probably use for another episode down the line where... You see a lot in the NBA where guys don't really follow teams. They follow certain players, which is something that annoys the mess out of me. So, you know what? I will have to do that in another episode. And so I won't give too much away with it. But for me, I'm a Patriots fan, number one. So, yes, I loved Brady for those 20 years. Now that he's in Tampa... It's not like I'm going to sit there and dog the Patriots now and just become a Buccaneers fan because Brady's there. No, that's not how it's supposed to work. But, you know, if that's the way you operate, that's cool. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. That's just not how, not how I do it. So, you know, we had this year with Cam Newton. It was a rough year. But if you listen to a lot of my coverage with New England and all that, I kept it. 100 with them but I still rooted for them and because that's what you do you want your team to do well and I always knew when Brady left it was going to be tough for the next guy so I will give Cam Newton some credit for that that he took that challenge on he did with a smile on his face and all that you know shout out to him but now with Brady in Tampa Bay all of a sudden all these guys hating on him were just in awe of his ability and now want to like acknowledge him for what he's doing being 43 years old and still having the ability to win and all this kind of stuff you know taking a uh, franchise like Tampa Bay which has a long history of being losers and quick side note I will say uh, even though they represent a bad time in Bucks history who out there doesn't love those like creamsicle Tampa Bay uniforms? Not gonna lie, they were kind of dope. I just had to say that, but whatever. It it's back in the lore of when they were losing. So he goes down there one year, gets into the Super Bowl, even though there was talent on that team last year. The only problem was Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions. And even with those 30 interceptions, they were what? They go like nine and seven or something or eight and eight, whatever. So it's not like, you know, Brady went to Jacksonville and turned it around. But, you know, I'm not knocking Brady. He picked the right situation for him. His last couple of years in New England, as he was getting up there in age, you know, he wasn't really in a position in his career to try to bring along young wide receivers anymore. There was a change in Brady in New England. And I mean, I noticed it. I acknowledged it. I understood it. It's one thing if you're 25 and 
you know, you have the uh, like wherewithal to win with whatever the team presents to you. But once you're 40, it's probably exhausting. He wanted to go where there was established guys. He went to Tampa Bay. You had Mike Evans there. Mike Evans, great wide receiver. Uh, Chris Godwin, great young wide receiver. Um, I mean, Fournette went down there with him. So, you know, great running back. Um, They had what OJ Howard, who I don't even know if OJ Howard plays anymore with them. But OJ Howard, Cameron Brait, the tight end position. Great production there. He brings Gronk with him. So for this point in his career, that's where Brady wanted to go. I'm not mad at him. So, so yeah. So now for the media people to be like, oh, what a story it would be for him to win. And then, trust me, you'll hear this. They're going to start pushing the whole, well, if he wins this one in Tampa Bay, is it more important than the other six he won in New England and all this kind of crap? Like, come on, really? No. Um, for me, the there's probably two or three Super Bowls he won in New England that if he wins this one would still be better than. The first one against the Rams is probably the best one that he had. Uh, you know, young quarterback winning the game late the way he did where John Madden was like, take a knee going to overtime. They didn't do that. He drove down the field, game-winning field goal. That's probably his best Super Bowl. Second one that would still be better than this one, the one against the Falcons. Sorry, Falcons fans. I know, sore subject, but I had to say it. The Falcons won tw- down 28-3, to leads the comeback against a high-powered offense. You know, the defense obviously helped out, but he capitalized on a lot of those opportunities to win it in overtime. Take that one. I would probably say the Seahawks one with the Malcolm Butler uh, interception at the goal line probably is better than if he wins this one. Not to say this wouldn't be an important one to him. It would do a lot for his legacy because Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs team, if they win this one, you know, Mahomes gets his second in a row. Brady's still at six. I think, well, if Mahomes wins it, you'll already hear the stuff about him being better, a greatest of all time already. You know it because, like I, like I just went through this whole episode telling you, they have, for all of Brady's career, always trying to rate up somebody else to knock him down. So if Mahomes gets two back-to-back, even though Brady was the last one to do it with the Patriots, you know, Mahomes will be the guy who will be on the clock to dethrone Brady. But, you know, Brady wins. He gets the seven. Mahomes still at one. You know, that's six ring gap. That's a lot to make up. But, you know. So, it will still be important, but not as important as those three I just named for you. So, basically all that's for this. For the haters and doubters... Just just come around, come to your senses, and just acknowledge that Brady is the greatest of all time. Um, I mean, if you want, you know, you can argue over who should be number two. 
Actually, you shouldn't, because I said Montana's number two. But if you want to argue over who's the number two of, I guess, she basically took my lifetime, then we can have that argument. Maybe I'll save that for another episode down the line. But, um, but yeah. And then to my Patriot fans who are like me, it's going to be tough seeing Tom Brady in another uniform on Sunday. I get it. I understand that. It was tough all year. And some of you Patriot fans may have jumped ship from the Patriots and went to Tampa Bay. For you, have fun. You know, be a bandwagon fan over there. But just know that you're not a true Patriot fan. Now, but for the true, true Patriot fans, yes, it would hurt to see Brady win it. But look at it this way. They can't take away what he did in New England. Whatever he does in Tampa Bay this year and next year, whatever the year after, however long he plays, just know that his time in New England set him up as greatness to be what he is now for Tampa Bay. So us Patriots, our Patriots will always be a part of his story. And also to the true Patriots fans, yes, our Patriots struggled this year, but we have to understand that it was always going to be tough when Brady left and have an opportunity this year to build off of last year. Last year was all about seeing the young players, some of them develop, and now we'll see some more young players come in. And I'm expecting another, I mean, this season wasn't that great going 7-9 with New England but I still had a lot of fun watching it so so true Patriot fans don't worry the Patriots will be back in the playoffs maybe even next year you'll have to wait down the line when I do you know draft talk and preview next season as to whether or not it will happen or not but I have faith in Belichick McDaniels and and those guys for turning it around so that's what I'll leave it at you know so hope you enjoyed this episode uh i feel like it was a pretty good one and definitely as i say it every episode let me know on twitter at chomping podcast if you're a true patriot fan if you're one of the doubters and haters and i couldn't sway you let me know why you still hate on tom brady just do that for me and for my patriot fans let me know if I left anything off of the list of reasons why people hate on Brady, and just let me know. And let's see what else. Uh, so I may. So this will be the first episode today. I might give you another episode later on because I did just remember that is NFL honors tonight with the MVP where they give out all the season awards. So I may do an episode before that where I give you my predictions on those, which I will use towards the uh, NFL picks tally on the year. I'm not done with those yet. One, we still have another game left, but may use award predictions for those. So I'll probably give you an episode before those happen tonight. I think they're tonight at like eight. So I'll probably drop one before that. Um, Then, of course, tomorrow being Super Bowl Sunday. I'll give you 
Super Bowl preview episode uh, where I'll give you predictions. We'll also look at some prop bets, have some fun with that. Those will go towards picks as well. And then, of course, after that, we'll probably have a recap on the Super Bowl next week to, you know, put a bow on the season, trying season, dealing with the pandemic and everything. But, well, yeah, so just, you know, stay tuned. Plenty of episodes to come. And, you know, just thank you for tuning in, joining me on this one. As I said, uh, wherever you are, listen to the podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Go to Twitter. Follow the show at Chomping Podcast. Leave a like. Uh, if it does allow you to leave a review, you could definitely do that. Let me know what you think about the show. What you like me to change about it? What you like about it? What you don't like? Just let me know. You know, I can handle it. Give me your honest opinion. And yeah. So, hope you have a great day. Um, also, you know what? Over on Twitter or whatever, let me know who you think will win the game tomorrow. I will probably put a poll up on Twitter. So, if you wait a little bit, there'll be a poll up there. You can answer on there. And then, well, of course, after you follow the show, answer the poll. And then we'll see what you guys think. And I'll work it into the show. So, but yeah, um, but thanks again for the new listeners. Thanks for stumbling on in. Hopefully you become a you know returning listener and go back and listen to some previous ones. And those of you who've been listening to the podcast, definitely appreciate you. You know, let some people know about it. Let's, let's try to continue to grow the audience. So thanks again. Uh, be safe out there. God bless, of course. And I'll catch you on the next episode. All right. Introducing Carvana Value Tracker, where you can track your car's value over time and learn what's driving it. It might make you excited. Whoa, didn't know my car was valued this high. It might make you nervous. Uh Uh-oh, market's flooded. My car's value just dipped 2.3%. It might make you optimistic. Our low mileage is paying off. Our value's up. And it might make you realistic. Mm, Car prices haven't gone up in a couple weeks. Maybe it's time to sell. But it will definitely make you an expert on your car's value. Carvana Value Tracker. Visit Carvana.com to start tracking your car's value today.